Welcome to the International Teacher Podcast with your host, Matt the Family Guy, Kent the Cat Guy, and me, Greg the Single Guy. We are recording episodes from around the globe to tell you about the best kept secret in education. That's right, it's teaching overseas. We're glad to have you join us. All right, welcome to this podcast episode. Ask me who's on our, our show tonight, Kent. Hey, Greg, who's on our show tonight? Funny you should ask. We have a special three-part, maybe two or three-part episode going here. The first part is with Dylan and Valerie, and they are not even overseas yet, but they signed a contract somewhere, and we'll find out where. They have the idea to interview with us first on ITP, International Teacher Podcast, the greatest podcast ever for international teachers before they even leave. And then we're going to get them back on the show after a while when they get to their destination next year, maybe. Okay. So, Kent, I want to introduce the teaching couple to be in international. They teach right now in, I believe, Houston. It's Dylan and Valerie. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Thank we are you. We're excited. Uh, we're excited. So, why don't you start off by telling us where you're from, where you grew up, and uh, where you uh, got your education? Okay. Well, I am native born Texan and I grew up in the Houston area. Got my education here, went to Texas AM, and now I'm still teaching here. Yeah, I live in Houston, pretty much lived in the, uh, the area in which I, I t- teach. Um, been doing that for since six. Same district, uh, floating around a couple different schools within the same district. Uh, my wife and I actually met in high school, and now we teach in the same area that we grew up in. Hey, uh, Valerie, what was your first impression of Dylan back in high school? Oh, Kent. Well, he was very uh, big. He was, he was very tall, very muscular, football player, rugby player. And so, of course, I was like, who is this guy? Um, and so I was like, but I'm about to go to college. I can't be with him. There's no way. So I tried to, to hold it off, but he kept pursuing and pursuing. And finally we went to prom together, my senior year prom. Um, and he was a year younger than me. So I was like, I'm cutting him loose when I graduate. And then he just kept following me. So he went to A&M with me and stuff like that. And I said, I guess I'll keep him around. Oh, fantastic. Did you guys know that you wanted to be teachers when you got to A&M? No, not really. Um, It was getting the basics done first for your first two years. And it was, in my eyes, I was guided towards just history in general. So I got my degree in history. Not much you can do with that. So I didn't know my possibilities. And I ended up going into the teaching program after I graduated college. Dylan, what brought you into teaching? I thought, uh, yeah, I thought summers off would be really cool and doing the same thing as my wife or my, my girlfriend at the time and having the same time off would be neat. And I think I'd get really jealous of, you know, if she had all those two months in June and July off. So I was like, yeah, I'll go ahead and do teaching too. And it's, uh, it's turned into a, uh, to a career, something I enjoy. But, um, we were also trying to get into, cause we had been traveling a lot at that point. So senior year of college, we were able to go on family vacations to Mexico and to Europe and stuff like that. And I was graduating college and I go, teaching overseas would be great but all we found was TEFL just teaching English overseas and and that didn't pay anything so you couldn't do that when did you hear about international teaching okay yeah that's that's kind of where it all started uh it was a a Google search last February we were kind of getting tired of what we were doing and the hours we were putting in we wanted to try and 
do something different. And when I stumbled across it, I kind of I brought it home to Valerie and I said, hey, what do you what do you think about about this? Kind of expecting a little bit of like a, a little bit of pushback, like, ah, I don't know. But she was like, yes, yes. And then did a little bit more research towards the end of February. I kind of realized it was a little bit late in the high, in the season. Also, we have uh, a family. We have a house. We have a lot of I's to dot T's to cross. And I wanted to wait an entire, at least throughout the beginning of the summer or the end of the summer to let it percolate. Do we still want to do this? And that way we wouldn't have rushed anything. So start August, last August, we started applying or become members of the of those um, recruiting sites, interviewed, got job offer, and now it's you know really becoming a reality. Oh, wait a second. We've got to slow down a little bit. You went through like six to oh, eight months sorry. right there in like a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. No, that's okay. Let's go back a little bit. Um, you said something about Texas. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've been listening, Kent, really. I guess one thing I wanted to say. Okay. Well, there was a question earlier so, that was asked about uh, if we ever taught in the same school. Uh, we did our first two years at the same school together. Uh, we loved it. Um, so being able to do that again is also going to be really, really neat. What have you been teaching for the last couple of years in Houston at uh, in a public school, I would imagine, or private schools? I'll go, I'll go first on this one. I've done math since day one. Not exactly something that I, I, I knew I was going to be get into. It was kind of like my first gig as a teacher. And then this is I'm on year 11 now. Um so started with math. I've, I've stuck around it. I, I really enjoy it. Um, I've, I've actually gotten better at it. And then I spent two years at one school. Um, then I got a new job at, at another school in the Houston area. But this came with coaching and math. So I've still been doing math the whole time, but I've also taken on for the last nine years coaching responsibilities. Um, and that goes all year round. And that is a big factor in why we kind of want to get out of what we're doing now because it's taking a lot of time away from me at home. And that was a big motiv- motivation for me to try and find something else. Now, we'll, I'll still be doing math, um, but now I won't be doing the coaching anymore. On my end of it, I was teaching at the lower income schools first, and it was rewarding. Um, I was teaching social studies. So sixth grade world culture, seventh grade, we have Texas history here, and then eighth grade U.S. history. And so that was incredibly rewarding being able to teach it. I was pretty good at it. But then when we had a baby in 2020 during COVID, he was still coaching and would be gone for, I mean, he was working 14, 16 hour days. He wouldn't see us for like three days in a row. And so after COVID hit, it was kind of like, huh, family's like super important. We need to make sure that we're focused on us. And Dylan's like a dog with a bone. So once he gets something in his head, he won't let it go. He comes home. He was like, how can I make my family happy? What can we do to change the situation and still get money? Because that was the biggest thing. If he quit coaching, we wouldn't have gotten that stipend. We wouldn't have gotten that income. So he was looking at the best ways to do that. And International Search Associates is the first person he reached out to and got the information and came home with it. And I said, absolutely. Like, this life isn't sustainable anymore. And having the workload increase as well with not only um, teaching history and cultures. Now you have Facebook where they can have the parents have so much more like negativity. And then it was just getting more and more negative on all ends. And it was something we could not. I, I can't continue with it in Texas anymore. 
Greg, I'm going to ask a follow-up question here, but uh, doesn't uh, Dylan and Valerie strike you as relatively unique in the sense that they're mid-career teachers? A lot of people that we meet going international are sort of maybe newer to their careers or maybe on their tail end of their careers as they've bought into the retirement system in the United States, maybe built up a little bit of a pension. But you guys, 11 years in the U.S. system, now you're making the leap overseas. Was that ever a part of the discussion for the two of you? That was the biggest drawback uh, for us for so long. Okay. Yeah, I so, guess we didn't um, think there was any money in it. We have this thing called the teacher retirement system. So TRS is how we pay into it, not Social Security, like most other places. Yep. And that once they kind of trap you into it. And so they, they say that you can only use your TRS money when when you retire. And it was like, Oh no, I'm stuck. So now I can only move up in the teaching retire or the teaching Texas world. So I try to improve upon that and get my master's, get into administration, but that's also really difficult. And so we tried to start like getting new accounts of retirement. So putting into a 403 and other savings methods. So it could be plausible to change when we're 35 years old. We kind of knew about the international, but kind of only through like the TEFL stuff, knew that didn't really pay. Yeah, I got the impression it wasn't really for established like professionals. You're not going to raise a family with that kind of stuff. And then we kind of dabbled in looking at like the international schools, but we kind of thought that was only um, around for military, like military bases, American schools on those. And we knew that they definitely had a preference towards military spouses, which is completely understandable. And then we yeah, stumbled, I stumbled upon the the international teaching world, spent the last few months researching is, is it really this good? And my answer was kind of seems to be across the board. It's that you can, it, some people don't have very good experiences, but I, th I feel like the, the general consensus is it's a better way of life. And it's more family. Yeah. Um, I felt the more of a family vibe through everything I'm listening and hearing to. And, and even listening to y'all's podcast, I was just like, it seems so much friendlier and so much more of a community system. And even the people you meet are more Oh, yeah, I went to Switzerland. I did all of these things. So I, I love that. All right. So listen, I just heard you say the magic words, y'all. So uh -oh. I lived for Texas in a while. I was in Dallas, of course. That was 100 years ago. But I learned the plural of y'all. Do you know what this is? Either of you? Do, 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 do. Y'all. Eh, wrong. <laughs> Valerie? You all? Use guys? No, can't be that one. I, I don't know. You. You guys is a Midwestern thing, right? And y'all, all y'alls, all y'alls is how you say plural in Texan. That's what I understand. Maybe Greg, I you're wrong. from Wisconsin. Wisconsin. You're from Wisconsin. They're from Texas. I went and lived down there for like three and a half a years, month. man. You lived there for a month and it, a half. It's, I mean, uh. it's one of those things. Yeah, I, mean, I say it all the time. Hey, all y'all get over here. <laughs> all right. So we're, here we go. Yeah, you know, you agree with me, right? Oh, I, mean, I love, I used to have on my license plate, it said fixinta. Mm -hmm. I love that <laughs> His, phrase. Uh. Dylan's, um, Dylan's family's from uh, the Northeast Coast, and I was saying, we're, we're fixing to do this. Do y'all want to join? And they had no idea what I was saying. They were like, what? I'm like, how is this communication not hitting? I don't know. <laughs> All right, so let's talk a little bit about recruiting then. I, Dylan, you had mentioned that you had gone on to a couple of recruiting sites, joined a couple of different companies, and we've talked about them before on the podcast here. Can you tell us a little bit about how you started doing the job search 
Well, it all started off with a bunch of research. Uh, started from going just kind of on websites and all sorts of different places. Uh, and then I'll tell you that one of the biggest helpful uh, avenues I went through is was actually Reddit. There's an international teacher forum on Reddit, which is how I found you guys actually. Uh, and that has been where a lot of questions uh, were answered, uh, where I got a lot of general consensus of people that either enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it. But in terms of um, recruiting agencies, we I, I did, I looked up a lot of them and doing scroll and uh, search associates. I know not everybody is, is the same. I found search associates to be very helpful, even with the price tag that comes with it. I mean, I, I enjoyed the conversations with, with our recruiter. Uh, he helped us kind of fine tune our resumes. And then from there, any other questions that I kind of had, he, he was able to direct me in the, in the right direction. And from there started applying through jobs. And that's where I got most of my interviews too, was through search. Uh, I did get one interview through scroll and that was my actually my first interview in 11 years. Uh, it went okay. I thought, I mean, I didn't, I didn't end up getting, getting the offer, but it was a, it was good to have that experience. Uh, Valerie, what was your role in the research leading up to the, the job? Well, um, See, so I was super duper busy, um, you know, raising my child as Dylan was sitting watching football players practice. So um, he was able to do a lot more of the research as I had my little baby. And I also during school hours, I have like 180 students and I'm constantly grading papers and doing all this stuff. And Dylan comes home and he's like, oh, look what I found. Oh, look what I found. So at nighttime when I was feeding our child. I would be like, okay, surfing the internet, like, okay, that's the job. That's what he had searched, researched, and I kind of looked into it as well. I definitely looked into, at that point, kind of narrowing down the countries and continents that we either would not do or, like, on our top-tier ones. And I said, like, heck no to, you know, ABC. Really trying to get a Switzerland yeah. job, but those aren't exactly easy to find. Give me an example of something that Dylan came home and said, hey, what about this one? You're like, no, not that one. Like just a country, you know, continent. Okay. What what did he what was his I idea said, that he had? You're like, no. I said no to Africa. Anywhere I was like, just no to Africa because of yep. just the like getting the shots and having to get the medical and all that stuff. That just kind of scared me. And also I know that it's a little hot there and I'm done with I'm done with hot, ironically. I know we're going to the Middle East, but I'm just done with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now tell everyone, how old is your baby now? She's two and a half. Two and a half. So wow. So she's a COVID baby. She was born July of 2020. Okay, so uh, Dylan, you're doing the research. You're bringing your research home. You are running your ideas past uh, Valerie. Was there any ideas that you had that you secretly hoped she would love that she didn't? How did that work out for you? I was kind of hoping she really was really going to be gun ho about Southeast Asia. That's kind of where I had my, my heart set at the very beginning. And she never really was a big fan of that. But to be honest, I don't feel like she was really a big fan of anywhere except for like, uh, I want to go live in Switzerland. I'm like, hey, you know, nobody, you know, apparently they don't make much money in Switzerland from what I read. And, uh, and then, we, you know, our, our realities kind of leveled out a little bit. But uh, yeah, I did a lot of the a lot of the legwork on the on the recruiting just because I mean she was and, being an extra special wife and and being busy is you know the first one was Saudi Arabia. Hey, what do you think about Saudi Arabia? Uh, I, I I don't know. And then it was well, let's just do the interview. And then you know you start 
to see everything that these schools have to offer and what your life could be like. And, you you know, it's, it's you're like, oh, well, I think it might be something we can check out. And that's kind of how every, will, every school went. I will say that um, South America, I was really not – I just want something a little bit more different um, than – I don't know what that was. And so um, for South America, I kept saying no, no, no. And Dylan was looking at stuff, um, and it really did look very – beautiful. I was thinking about the, the, maybe the dirtier countries. Um, and I didn't see all the beauty that it had to offer. So I think if he tried harder, he would have probably been able to sway me into doing some places in South America. If we had the opportunity. Did you guys meet, uh, Dylan, did you meet any schools in person? Did you do a job fair? Tell us a little bit about what led up to interviewing for the job you accepted? I applied through search. Um, we did a, uh, a, a Zoom um, or a video conference with the with the principal or with the superintendent first, I think, and then was the principal and then it was uh, and then a back to superintendent. So it was a it was a three part interview. I never met anybody in person or if we didn't land a job by January, I was planning on going to a, I think it was the, the search fair in Boston, I believe. Luckily, I didn't have to go and do that. I've I've heard you guys mention before on your podcast that you guys have had some pretty good experiences going out there, but it wasn't exactly something I wanted to do, especially I was planning on doing it by myself, uh, letting Valerie and our daughter stay home and me kind of going to feel it out. But I'm, I'm glad like I said, I'm glad I didn't have to do that. I got that. I got it all taken care of before the fairs started rolling around and it was all done via Zoom or Google Meets. I, I just remember that we did have a interview. I'm not really sure how we got it with in Saudi Arabia, but not there. They they had come to Houston. Um, and so we were able to go and meet, I guess it was the superintendent. Yeah, superintendent. And then two other people that worked at the school. Even thinking about going to the Middle East at first, I was like, no, because that's not, you hear everything about the Middle East. And so when we went there and I saw and I met and I we were talking, that's when it clicked to me like, oh, this isn't what I expected. This is something very different. And when I came home and I said, oh yeah, we had a job for Saudi Arabia. They go, oh, I know somebody that's worked there. It's beautiful. It can be this. It can be that. It's great. It's amazing. And from there, again, my mind changed a little bit. And I was like, oh. So it opened it up a lot for me. We didn't get the job, but it was very, it was an important experience I needed to have. Yeah, that's how these things work, right? You just kind yeah. of weave your way uh, to uh, your ultimate uh, uh, destination, right? Um, and I will say another thing about search real quick, the search associates, they really helped us with our, um, our resumes. So since we hadn't been in the game for, you know, 10 plus years, I had a very outdated resume, um, and they took it and they just really, really helped me, um, make it to where it was viewable and, uh, catered towards the international teaching, um, type things. Cause a lot of my stuff said like behavior management, I can, I'm very good with getting behaviors in line. They go, yeah, no, you don't really need that with some of these schools. It's really about making positive connections. It's like, Oh, I got that. Okay. So he catered it to us and to the schools that we went to. So that was really, really, um, I think that was worth the price tag uh, immediately. That's awesome. I did not know that search does that with, with resumes. Cause I have a few other connections for resumes. Kent, you were going to say something. I was going to say, did you guys interview together for the school that you accepted? We did. They would interview you both, and you both have different skill sets. What Did you get a sense for who they really 
needed and wanted between the two of you because sometimes it'll be Dylan, it'll be you, the guy they need, and uh, Valerie's along and they're going to find a spot for her. But sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes it's Valerie, we need you, and we got a spot for Dylan. Did you get a sense of what their need was? Uh, I really think that they uh, kind of needed both of us. We did have a couple of interviews where we did feel it was like kind of one, one in the in the other. Uh, but this one, I felt like it was pretty evenly matched. Dylan, uh, Dylan, can you tell us what job you were hired for? Uh, I was hired for a, a math, a, a six through eight kind of a math job. I'm pretty sure it's going to be around eighth grade. And that's your wheelhouse, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Valerie, what did they hire you for? Do you know? Um, I think it's like ancient uh, social studies or world cultures. So I'm not really sure, but something with a history part. Yeah, because you are a history uh, person mm-hmm. in uh, in college. So this sounds like a very nice fit. I noticed that you guys are very hip about this right now. Are you? I would imagine you're both nervous. Not if you're nervous. Yes, they're both a little nervous. Yeah, yeah they're both nodding profusely right now. The reason I'm asking is because now there's a lot of, of paperwork, even to get into a job fair or to a, something like search, you're filling out all this paperwork. Now... I would imagine your school is starting to send you and promising you more and more communication. Are you starting to feel the brunt of that from the school asking you for these kinds of documents for their government and their their education department? Uh, they've they've got a really nice portal set up for their new their new hires, so it made all the document submission fairly straightforward. Um, that part's done with. I did. I got got I got rid of that as soon as I could. I didn't want that on my plate. Um, so that part's done. What's going to be more so now us focusing on what to do with our house and our our belongings and kind of that avenue. And um, so what's the most stressful for me, I think, right now is having to deal with moving out the retirement from TRS and then moving to Social Security with the new school. And so it's about the future and about savings and where does that money go and how do bank accounts work kind of thing. So now that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is the school you're going to, Valerie, have you pay into the U.S. Social Security system? Yes. That's interesting to me. I did not know that Mm -hmm. that any schools do that. A lot of times when we leave the United States, uh, teachers end up uh, maybe leaving some kind of a deal, like they might take a sabbatical from their position or be granted time away from their their school, and then they can go back if it doesn't work out. that's what I've heard a little bit about. I didn't teach before I left, so I, you guys are sort of in a, a whole gray area for me. But what I have understood from other people is that the best way to get through your anxiousness now is to start talking to some of the other international teachers. Have they set up some kind of communication system that you can talk to the teachers that are there now and find a teaching couple? Yes. They're trying to set up a link to have all the new teachers have a Zoom conference and stuff, which has been difficult with all the time zones. And then they let me get in touch with another couple. And it was just me talking to them um, about just everyday things like your cell phones, like what kind of cell phone you need to get and like the internet packages there and stuff like that. And like, how do you communicate back and forth with your family at home? So they kind of did that communication with us, which made me take a deep sigh of relief just knowing that like, okay, there's people to talk to. They also have, they also lived in Virginia or something like that. And so we were able to have kind of very similar experiences and it was comforting. And Dylan, what about your house? Have you guys talked a little bit about this? You don't have to answer that, but I mean, have you had this discussion about, are you going to keep it 
in the family? Are you going to sell? Are you going to, you know, rent out uh, so you have a place to come back to? How about these kinds of questions? Are they all going through your head right now? Uh, I mean, yeah, they've been going through my head for months and months and months. But we've kind of we've decided that if if we ever did come back, our, our plan is to try and stay uh, away for as long as possible. Um, and the, one of the big reasons for that is work life balance and seeing the American schools and kind of what is happening in them to them. It's not exactly something that we want our daughter have to go through um, for very various reasons. I'm sure you guys know. But in terms of the house, I didn't want that safety net. I don't want the safety net of having to come back to the same place where we already know we don't really want to be. So we are going to sell. We, we talked with a financial advisor about selling versus renting. And yes, we could make a little bit more money, it seemed like, if we wanted to rent it out, hire a management company to do all that. Or we could just take every bit of it and try and invest it in uh, something safer, like a, like a Fortune 500 type deal make just about almost the same as much about the headache. I don't have a place. Mm -hmm. I don't own anything. I own a glass door. Uh, that's the uh, screen door right now. So I don't have these same problems. Uh, Kent actually owns a house right now in Seattle. You and Carla own a house, right, Kent? There's so many different flavors of what to do. Greg, if, if Kent, I can interrupt you, Greg, you can always to be fair, me, you Kent. don't actually own the glass door. I do. Someone gave it <laughs> to me. That's part of the rental. I, I think you're, uh, you're 0 for 1 on that one, buddy. Hey, Valerie, tell me, uh, when you guys signed on the dotted line, what was your family's reaction? Um, my family knew that I always wanted to teach um, overseas, like once I graduated college. And they, they knew I was uh, going to like these seminars and stuff with the TEFL program. Um, and so it, they knew that that wasn't working out for me. And so I ended up just traveling uh, in the summertime overseas. And so they were like, I know you really want to teach. And so when I got it, they were they were ecstatic for me. So they were super excited that I was doing it. And they know that there's an airplane that they can get to, to us. So they were fine with it. Uh, Dylan, your family? Uh, well, my family's uh, in two different parts of the U.S. So the ones that are in the East Coast, I don't see them every day anyways. So they were, they were excited because I don't, nothing too much changes for us. Um, my, uh, my mom here in Houston, she was really excited. And then as it became more of a reality to her that I wasn't going to be here, then it starts to become more, uh, she's getting more upset every, every day. <laughs> you but know, she's uh, also a I don't flight think... attendant. She is. Oh, so I don't know if you told the listeners this yet, but your destination is in the Middle East. Uh, Valerie, Dylan, did any family members say, oh, you know, the Middle East, isn't it kind of dangerous there? What did you, it doesn't sound like, Valerie, your family uh, brought these complaints to you. Dylan, maybe yours? Uh, everybody, we say, is, oh, no, the Middle East. It's, uh, how could you go there? It's so, it's so dangerous. Uh, all right, well, I guess we'll never you see you again. Daughter. Oh, yeah, they're all, they're all saying it. Do you guys have an answer to that nowadays? Well, the answer would be what I did. Do do your research. Yeah, I mean, we're not we're not going to teach in Syria. Granted, we are next door, but every every bit of research that I've done, it points to that it's you know it's probably safer than where we're living now. Uh, Syria was my first uh, international school interview oh. back when the wow. uh, community school in Damascus, uh, Syria, was still open and running. When I told my family that I was leaving and going overseas, okay, I was not going to the Middle East. I decided never go to the Middle East. However, it was just because at the time I didn't want to go, or I was 2000, 
and it was 2001, and right before the, the towers fell, I was in Honduras. Now, I don't know if you guys know about Honduras, but everyone's yes. like, oh, my God, it's dangerous. It's one, it's a, the, CIA, the CIA pages say don't go there because there's gang warfare and it's poverty and all this other stuff. And I told my parents right when I got hired I, in February of 2001, I was leaving in August, and I told my parents, I said, I'm going to Honduras to teach. And my mom says, oh, my God, you're going to die. Like, <laughs> first thing out of her mouth. And my dad... My dad follows that up with an immediate response of, hey, they've got great scuba diving down there. <laughs> and I, I was like, here's mom, here's dad. Here's dad thinking about, oh, what could Greg do down there? That's cool. And mom's like, oh, my God, my son, you know. But, yeah, that was a reaction. And I'm sure you guys are getting a lot of reactions about Middle East because every time I say I live in the Middle East, they're just like people just it's a wide range of reactions, right? But what you'll find is once you live over in the Middle East, there is a huge expat community in almost every Middle Eastern country. You're going to find those teachers and you're going to be in this big community and it's going to be great because you do know two guys in the Middle East already. Yeah. Kent and I. Yeah. Thanks. And, uh, you know, Matt, of course, from the ITP. So it's going to be great for you guys. I can't wait to see this happen. I'm just, I'm glad you guys are, are done with your paperwork because that was just a big thing for me, I guess. Yeah, Valerie, Dylan, you guys both have mentioned that you have pretty good vibes about the school you're going to. Tell us just a little bit about what's giving you a really good impression and really good vibes about the school you're going to. Well, I, I can tell you it came from doing the interview with a school in South Korea on, on paper, South Korea was one of our top destinations at first. It was, um, it's safe. It's beautiful. We were excited. We, we pretty much got through the entire interview process. Uh, and we were just waiting on the offer. Our offer did come at the same time we got our offer from the school in the middle East. If you would have asked me a year ago, which one I would have chose, it would have been hands down, probably South Korea. Um, but then after interviewing with the, the superintendent and some of the people for, and then and talking to those couples that actually worked at the school. It seemed like a good school. It just didn't seem like a school for us. And so there were, there was just kind of unsaid tones from the staff and the people we talked to and the superintendent and the principal that just seemed um, the, the school in the Middle Vibes East just seemed more like home. Yeah. And it, it seemed more like home. I think it's interesting because my style of looking for a school is to say the location doesn't matter very much, right? For me, the most important thing is I need to love my job. I need to go to a school that I connect with that as much as possible. I mean, I'd never see the school before I moved there. But the country in my – I don't have a family, so it might be different with others. But I can empathize with the way of you feeling Korea sounds awesome. However – the school that you're looking at at the time may not be the right fit for you. The one in Middle East might be a right fit for you. So I'm happy. I have a good feeling about it just hearing you say that because a lot of people think it's destination. And some people, it's very important to be in a certain destination. For me, it's been across the board, across the world to go to different schools. But I've really been luckier the longer I've stayed overseas to find the right schools and the right fit for that for me. What about you, Valerie, as far as your feelings about that school? So I guess whenever we interviewed, uh, the first interview um, with 
it's Saudi Arabia. And I finally got my mindset changed a bit where it's not necessarily the location. Like you said, it was the, it was the community that you're with. It was how, how are people going to help you? And then I started to talk to my family about just moving to the Middle East. And since we are Houston oil and gas, um, there's a lot of people that, oh, I know somebody, oh, I know somebody who's been to this place, that place. And so my family was pretty comfortable with it from the beginning in, in that sense and the safetiness of it, because they do have so many friends that they know that have gone over there. So then we also have some relatives that went to Japan. And so whenever we went to go visit them, that's when I was like, okay, so now we have a South Korea interview. That's really a beautiful place. I do know the community so safe and I'm awesome. Definitely it. I want to go to South Korea. And and then as what Dylan was saying, we started to talk more and more to them. I really like the people. I really did. But the viewpoint and their like mission statement of their school wasn't about community involvement. It was all about only education in the sense of that's all we're trying to do is educate, edu educate, not make global citizens, not make it to where um, I thought it was going to be the best fit for for my daughter, too. So that's kind of why I was like, mm. And we had the same offer with the school that we accepted in South Korea in the same day. And so we had to make a hard decision, but we chose the Middle East. So We'll take a moment's break now to remind you how to reach out to us. Of course, you can address any negative comments to Kent, the cat guy. We do love to hear from you. If you're out on Facebook, we don't do that. But our handle on both Instagram and Twitter are at ITPexpats with an S, I-T-P-E-X-P-A-T-S as a handle. If you want to, you can send us an old email at internationalteacherpodcast at gmail.com or you can visit us at our new website at www.itpexpat.com www.itpexpat.com Well, back to the show. I can't wait to see what happens with you guys. I'm so glad you're on our show talking about your feelings. This is very personal stuff too, and you're you're getting right out there with our listeners. We we have almost like fifteen thousand downloads now. We're almost to wow. fifty episodes almost. Mom. <laughs> exactly. And now for mine. <laughs> And mom jokes, right? <laughs> and yeah. And the other thing is, we have uh, it's almost our two year anniversary because April second, I believe, in twenty twenty one was our first episode that we put out. But I love having both of you on here with sharing the experience as you go because this is the part one for anybody just joining us. It, do they do that, or is it not radio? It's like a podcast. I, I think they start and keep going they through. Won't, they won't come halfway through. Uh, maybe will someone they? stopped halfway through, skipped the commercials, that type True. of thing. True. Maybe stepped away, did laundry, came back, and because we're still talking. But yeah, if anybody that's out there listening, we're going to do a second episode with these guys. I'm not saying goodbye yet. I'm just saying midpoint here. I love this discussion, and I'm trying to go through some more feelings and stuff that you're you're going to be heading up against. So I asked Kent ahead of time, and I wanted to model for you guys. But uh, one of the things I remember from my first year overseas going overseas before I even left. I remember that packing was just like this. I don't know. It's huge. I mean, I was giving stuff away. My parents have this, but I mean, everybody has a piece of Greg Lemoyne stuff somewhere in the basement. My dad says that I only have, I have like 35 boxes in his basement, but I think I only have one. 
So we have this disagreement. Britt, are you starting to give stuff away and find homes for some of your belongings? Because you're not going to take it all with you, especially if your house is being sold. Well, um, this has been a super fun time. So as you know, the like the housing market right now is crazy. So my parents decided to sell their house, make a lot of money, and live in an RV. So I <laughs> was like, wait, excuse me, where where do I give my stuff to? And they're like, well, our storage unit's full. Can't give it to, to us. Um, <laughs> they had already given all their stuff oh, out Val. to my family. Yeah, yeah. So... I'm um I'm I'm struggling. I'm struggling. So I'm trying to give it all away. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. We want we want to sell a lot of stuff because if we do come back, we want to start fresh. So right now we're trying to sell as much as we can and we've made zero progress on that. So we got a lot to do. You still have trying time. to figure out Yeah, we do. Yeah. And and trying to figure out what we want to keep and what we want to bring. We are going to try and keep it to a minimum of what we're going to bring over there. Yeah, that's probably the biggest stressor right now is just the stuff. Do you have uh, an animal, a pet? Uh, yes, a cat. Good question. We we do. Yeah, we got a cat and we are bringing him with us. Kent, you do must you, be so happy Do to you hear guys that. need another one? I got one over here. Ship him uh, over. Maybe meet well, you beach somewhere in the Middle East. Do the handover. You'd be surprised, man. Everybody, the, the first thing they say is, oh, well, I guess we'll never see you guys again when we say we're going to the Middle East. And then the second thing they ask is, oh, are you bringing oh. your cat? And we always say, well, yeah. And, and we say, yeah, we're going to bring our cat. And then everybody's response is, what? Why? And, why? and my kind of response is, <laughs> what do you mean, why? We've had this, why? We've why? Had this guy for, yeah, we've had this guy for nine years. Why would we just leave him? Okay, my tip. I'd like to give a tip. Greg, are you done with your tip? Don't pack yeah, go too ahead. much. I, I don't know anything about cats. Are you cats. sure? No, Greg. No, I, what do I know about cats? Uh, Greg said when he first left overseas, this is not my tip, but I just want to make sure Greg said his. He had 200 pounds of stuff in one bag. Uh, and he got to the airline and they said, what? No. You know, this. <laughs> you can't bring this bag. So, uh, Greg, your tip is what? Layer. Big smaller bags, or just don't bring as much. Hey, thanks, Kent, for for taking my my point, you know, and and going with it. You know, I was gonna reveal that towards the end. Oh, that was oh, that was the big reveal. Oh, uh, was at the end. I was gonna play a game with yeah. these guys and have you right really? off the cuff give some advice. But you know, here's oh, the I funny this, story. I thought this was the advice section. No, I already gave my wait, piece of advice. No, I was I wondering my, about the I have cat. my show notes. I have my show notes. This was the advice section. All right, that's the end of the show. Thanks a lot, organization. <laughs> See you guys next week. <laughs> See you guys in about All six. Right. Okay. You know, for many people, in my opinion, who be, uh, are international teachers, the two most stressful times are the two or three weeks that you leave the United States and the two or three weeks when you first arrive in your new country, in your case, the Middle East. My advice is this. Enjoy them. Enjoy, spend those last two or three weeks you're there in Texas and just appreciate Texas for what it is. Look at Houston with new eyes because you don't know when Houston's going to be your home again, if ever. But when you get to your country in the Middle East, you're going to have your head swimming with things to do. Don't forget to look up, look down, look left, look right, because those first couple of weeks, those images and those impressions you get are going to be ones that last with you for the, for the years to come. So enjoy yourself, breathe, and have a fantastic time. That's my advice. Well, thank wow. you. Love it. Well, thank yeah, you. we're going we're gonna to try. 
All right, it's my advice time then. When I first left, I realized that I was not going to have enough room for everything. So first, I whittled away everything that I could. My most important things I had family or and or friends keep for me. I have a favorite art piece of artwork. My friend Joe has it in his office. He's had it there for 23 years. He claims it's his now. And I actually said you can have it, right? It's one of my favorite pictures ever, piece of artwork. But after whittling down through other things, um, here's a good piece of advice. Make sure that you stay up to date on your driver's license, your birth certificate, you keep your birth certificate with you. All of the original stuff I would certainly keep with you when you travel mm -hmm. and digitize it and make photocopies of it to share. But keep the originals and keep those locked up somewhere safe when you travel. You never know when you need the originals. And I do the same thing with my certifications. I always go back to my state and make sure I'm up to date on everything. I just renewed my driver's license when I go back home. Even if it's, you know, you can't wait for this stuff and don't let it get out of date. So make sure that all of your documents are updated. Bring your health documents with you so that you're... You and your family, all three of you can have your updates and stuff done. They have your history and digitize it, right? So that's a really big thing for me. And part of the whittling down besides my documents was I chose like a few favorite books. Instead of taking a whole bunch of books for your classroom, you, until you get there, you won't know what you have. So don't expect to have nothing and take all of your work supplies with you. Digitize as much as you can because the weight is the issue. Every time somebody gives me something, I say, how much does it weigh? <laughs> Literally, I, for 23 years, I, people have given me a gift. I'm like, that's too heavy. <laughs> new, new weighs <laughs> 10 and a half pounds. Yeah. So anyway, oh. I guess I could wrap up with that advice is that, you know, except for your big ass cat and your, your family, you know, worry about weight. How's that? Is that clear enough for you guys? We're full of advice and we're full of other yeah. stuff we're too, full right? Of it. Yeah, we're full yeah, of we it. Yeah, we are. Right. Dylan um, and Valerie, it's your turn. Before we give you the last word, what advice do you have for people who are one year, two years, three years behind you? They've been teaching for a couple of years in the States. They're thinking about that next step. What advice do each of you have for them? My advice would be to not worry about the money in the sense of how you're going to save it. If it's, it, there's always a way to do your research. It's not, you're not stuck in this place that, um, that you are in right now. Like it's going to be, it's going to be an adventure. So I'm excited that we're embarking on ours right now. Dylan, what about you? Uh, I would say just, just to do it. The only reason we didn't do it sooner was because we found out about it just now, uh, or, or within the last year. I've talked to a few people who say, oh, I wish I could do that. Why, why not? Why can't you? I've heard it's, um, it's, I've heard it's the it's best afraid. It's, it's scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's scary, but you just got to take that leap. Yeah, it's not for everybody to go overseas, is it? But I love your advice. Just do it. And you wouldn't believe how many people that we talk to in our in our world, right? And that's their advice, too. Just go, just take that leap if you can. If, if your family, if you're in a good enough spot to just take that leap and you can always, you know, two years out of your life is not very much. A two-year contract is very normal in the international, the bigger schools. 
established schools. And therefore, just take that leap for two years. If you can get time away from your school and, and keep that sort of as a security blanket to have a place to go back to, fine. Otherwise, take that leap and just do it. I love that advice. And the money, you're going to find out, I believe, that you can save more money overseas than you will in the States. And that's across the board. Almost every teacher I've ever talked to overseas has been able to pay off student loans, have been able to at least set aside one of their paychecks to get get themselves, you know, not out of major debt, but to start whittling away at things. Kent, do you agree with that? I agree with it. I knew you would. Okay, Greg, let's go ahead and get their, get uh, Dylan and Valerie's uh, final thoughts and Greg, your final thoughts, because we will come back. You know, we'll come back in about six months and we'll uh, we'll get caught up because our listeners are going to be wondering about Dylan and uh, Valerie. So uh, what do you think, Greg? Can we go ahead and get final thoughts from everyone? We're, we're really, really excited, obviously. Um, nervous, too. It's a big move for our family. Um, we're kind of cutting off all, all safety nets to make it to be this, this is the option. There's not really, there's not a a fallback. We're kind of playing the grass is greener on the other side game. And I I hope half of what I think is true, because if that's the case, then I think we'll be in a, in a really, in a better spot. My final thoughts are, I know kids are going to be kids everywhere. I'm just curious to see how my family can grow in this experience. I think that's going to be pretty awesome to see. I I don't even want to follow that, Kent. Their ideas are so wonderful. Let's just say this. We are going to support you, too. We have connections. We have bad advice. We've got good advice. You can still (laughs) listen to us on the ITP. we got Um, a glass door, apparently. A glass door, exactly. Why did you bring that up again, Kent? Anyway, I want to say we are out here for you as support. I'll say that publicly. And hopefully you'll get to know a little bit more about that school, but you really won't, you won't find out until you step off that plane and go into those classrooms, which I am so excited for you two to do this first thing, because it takes me back to 2001 when I got off that plane in Honduras. I can't wait for your experience to unfold and to have you guys join us again from the Middle East. It's going to be exciting. We can't wait either. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you both. Uh, on behalf of Greg the Single Guy, uh, Matt the Family Guy in Absentia, and myself, Kent the Cat Guy, I'd like to give a warm thank you to Dylan and Valerie. We will see them again in six months, so I hope everyone comes back and joins us. And I am happy to say that at least two out of four of us do agree the grass is always greener when you're an international teacher. See you next time. Mm-hmm.